Hello everyone and welcome to the 20th episode of Flash Alert podcast brought to you by Legacies. Through this weekly series, we will be taking you through the legal updates and flash alerts that you may have missed during the week. Before we delve into this week's key updates, I am delighted to announce that we at Legacies have taken steps towards contributing to the compliance ecosystem by filing RTI applications to clear the air regarding the ambiguity of certain provisions in the Biomedical Waste Management Rules 2016, E-Waste Management Rules 2016, Compliance of Crash Facility under the Maternity Benefit Amendment Act 2017, and Equal Remuneration Rules of 1976. The Compliance Assurance Team under the leadership of Manager Kunal Kasat filed four separate RTI applications in relation to the legislations mentioned earlier and received favourable responses from the government. For further details, please visit our LinkedIn page for detailed articles on the same. Let us now look at the key developments of the past week. Nearly a week after the government announced reinstating retail and wholesale trades under MSME classification, the Reserve Bank of India has now written to banks to include both these categories for priority sector lending. RBI also informed all banks that such businesses engaged in retail and wholesale trade would be allowed to register on the MSME registration portal, which is Udyam registration as announced by the government. The Reserve Bank of India has issued an advisory to banks and other RBI-regulated entities emphasizing the need for preparedness for the transition away from London Interbank Offered Rate, also known as LIBOR. The RBI advisory is part of the worldwide transition of financial institutions from old benchmarks to new alternative reference rates. The Reserve Bank of India said that retail investors can now open an account with the central bank in few easy steps online to start trading in government bonds. The online portal for retail investors will give access to the bond trading platform available for institutional investors as well, and the retail investors can also bid for bonds in primary auctions just as large institutions do. The central bank on Wednesday released a draft circular on issue and regulation of share capital and securities, primary urban cooperative banks, allowing primary urban cooperative banks to augment capital through issuance of equity shares, preference shares and debt instruments following the changes mandated by certain amendments to the Banking Regulation Act 1949. The Reserve Bank of India has invited comments on the draft circular from urban cooperative banks, other participants in the sector as well as other interested parties by August 31, 2021. The RBI has issued the scheme to bring investments from individual investors into government securities. The RBI Retail Direct Scheme will work as a one-stop solution for retail investors interested in government securities. 16 lenders have agreed to infuse capital into the National Asset Reconstruction Company of India Limited. Canara Bank, with a 12% stake, will be the sole sponsor for the NARCL. State Bank of India will be the second largest shareholder, holding 9.9% stake in the company. Four private banks, including HDFC Bank Limited, ICICI Bank Limited, Access Bank Limited, and IDBI Bank Limited, will together hold 15% in the NARCL. The Reserve Bank of India imposed monetary penalty aggregating 14.5 crore rupees on 14 banks for non compliance with certain provisions of its directions after a scrutiny in the accounts of the companies of a group. The central bank imposed 2 crore rupees penalty on Bank of Baroda, 1 crore rupees each on 12 other banks and rupees 50 lakh on State Bank of India. Moving on to our next segment, let us now look at some key updates and developments from both the central and state governments. The Ministry of Corporate Affairs, by way of notification, has expanded the definition of small and medium companies. The upper limit of the annual turnover requirement for SMC categorization has been increased to Rs 250 crore from the earlier Rs 50 crore, and the upside cap for borrowings has been increased to Rs 50 crore from Rs 10 crore. 
The objective is to reduce the compliance burden and the time required to prepare financial statements. The government has proposed to withdraw customs duty relief and exemptions for 97 products imported into the country. The Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs has released the list for public consultation with feedback to be given over the next one month. The government has exempted basic customs duty on imports of specified API excipients for amphotericin B and raw materials for manufacturing COVID test kits. In a notification dated July 12, the Finance Ministry said that the basic customs duty exemption on raw materials for manufacturing COVID test kits would be till September 30, 2021. The dearness allowance for central government and pensioner employees has been increased from 17% to 28%. This will be applicable from July 1, 2021 onwards, according to the Union Minister Anurag Thakur. The government may extend the scheme for investment promotion 2017-2020 with an aim to attract investors and promote economic growth of the country. The Finance Minister in Assam has tabled the Assam Goods and Service Tax Amendment Bill 2021 following certain changes made in the GST Act, which received presidential assent in March this year. The GST Council has requested that the requisite changes and modifications be made in the state so that uniformity of decision and applicability is maintained. The National Pharmaceutical Pricing Authority, also known as NPPA, has capped trade margins for essential medical devices like pulse oximeter, blood pressure monitors, nebulizers, digital thermometers, glucometers at 70%. These devices, which have been in demand during the COVID-19 pandemic when several people were under home care, will thus see a drop in prices. The revised prices will come into effect from July 20th onwards, and the National Pharmaceutical Pricing Authority has said that the capped trade margins will remain in force up to January 30th. 1st, 2022, or until further orders, whichever is earlier. Let us now move on to the next segment where we'll be looking at some taxation updates. The Central Board of Direct Taxes has notified new rules for computation of short term capital gains and written down value where companies have obtained depreciation on goodwill. The government amended the Income Tax Act through the Finance Act 2021, disallowing goodwill to be treated as an intangible asset and denied depreciation benefit on this. Accordingly, businesses have to remove goodwill from the block of asset as on 1st April 2020. The Central Board of Direct Taxes, while addressing the technical glitches being faced on the new site, said that as many as 24,781 responses have been received on the e-proceedings functionality and about 40,000 ITRs are being filed daily on the new IT portal. The Kerala Authority on Advanced Ruling has ruled that 5% GST is payable on marine engines and its spare parts being part of the fishing vessels. In a significant ruling for the doctors and hospitals, Mumbai Bench of Income Tax Appellate Tribunal held that the payment made by Assessi Hospital to certain consultant doctors would require deduction of tax at source under Section 194J of the Income Tax as applicable to professional payments and not under Section 192 as applicable to salaried employees. The Customs Excise and Service Tax Appellate Tribunal has held that a service recipient cannot be fastened without any liability to pay tax. Also, tax will be paid only when the service has been rendered. Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs stated that the BRICS nations are gearing up for closer ties in cross-border trade to help reduce red tape and access advanced information about shipments reaching their shores for a more effective check on tax evasion. Customs chief from Brazil, Russia, India, China and discussed a deal on the mutual administrative assistance in a meeting on 8th July 2021. 
In a major relief to Resident Welfare Association, members across middle and high-end housing societies, the Madras High Court has ruled that the goods and service tax is applicable to monthly maintenance amount exceeding Rs 7,500 only and not on the full amount. The decision overturns a 2019 circular issued by the Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs, which said that the exemption shall be granted only if the charges are limited to Rs 7,500 per month and that full amount will be taxed beyond that. Moving on to our next segment, let us now look at some key developments announced by SEBI. SEBI has relaxed the advance intimation requirement for exchanges for carrying out modifications in the contract specifications of commodity derivatives contracts. The move is aimed at bringing in uniformity while giving effect to the contract modifications so that they have the desired impact and the modified contract represents a healthy replica of the physical market. SEBI has revised rules on valuation of debt securities with multiple put options. SEBI said that if the put option is not exercised by a mutual fund while exercising the option would have been in favour of the scheme, a justification for not exercising the put option should be provided. With this, we now move on to our next segment where we look at some important decisions taken by the Supreme Court and other courts during the week. In compliance of the Order of Supreme Court of India dated April 16, 2021, passed in the matter of expeditious trial of cases under Section 138 of Negotiable Instrument Act 1881, the Chhattisgarh High Court issued a practice direction. As per the directions, the magistrates having jurisdiction to try offences under the Negotiable Instruments Act 1881 shall record cogent and sufficient reasons. The National Green Tribunal has refused to entertain a plea seeking to review its order directing the Telangana Pollution Control Board to recover Rs 1.55 crore penalty from pharmaceutical companies for causing pollution in the state. A bench headed by NGT Chairperson Justice Adarsh Kumar Goel declined the contention of the pharmaceutical companies that they should be heard by the tribunal as per principles of natural justice, stating the plea to be a farce. The Supreme Court has upheld the legal validity of SEBI Securities and Exchange Board of India rules on closure of debt fund schemes, which mandate that scheme can be shut down only if majority of the investors agree. The court noted that the consent of the unit holders is to be obtained post-publication of notices. A two-judge bench of Justice S. Abdul Nazir and Justice Sanjeev Khanna held that Section 11B of the SEBI Act allows the market regulator to intervene in case of violations and wrong decisions taken by trustees to wind up any scheme. In our last segment, we will now look at some miscellaneous updates. Retirement Fund Manager Employees Provident Fund Organization may start investing a portion of its annual deposits in infrastructure investment trusts. The move could not only help boost India's investments in infrastructure but also expand the scope of the EPFO's investment basket beyond bonds, government securities and exchange-traded funds. The International Financial Service Centre's Authority has released a framework for setting up and operating an International Trade Finance Services Platform, also known as ITFS, to provide trade finance services at International Financial Service Centres, also known as IFSCs. The framework will enable exporters and importers to avail various types of trade finance facilities at competitive terms for their international trade transactions through a dedicated electronic platform. This brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening in with us. If you liked today's episode, please do subscribe and tune in every Friday for more such updates. Please do also feel free to write into us with your comments or suggestions for today's episode. We hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead.